Greetings, Philip Bateman here on behalf of BDO at the Federal Budget Review Dinner. And here with Zara Ritchie, Head of Global Transfer Pricing. Zara, could you share with us in a nutshell, what is global transfer pricing? Well, transfer pricing is um, where arguably where multinationals are moving profits, um, expenses, losses from different jurisdictions. The theory is to arbitrage tax rates, mm. but actually transfer pricing is really about how multinationals manage their businesses when they operate in multiple different countries. Mm. Um, and uh, it's just a part and parcel of you know how they operate. Mm. As far as I'm aware, the restrictions on capital transfers into and out of Asian countries, for example, maybe specifically China, are so arduous you really wouldn't want to move a whole chunk of cash unless you were going to use it for something. So does it really follow an expansion kind of path? Uh, well, there, there are many countries where you want to be careful about um, how you generate income in that country because mm. it's hard to get the income out, yeah. for sure. Um, but, you know, transfer pricing is really all about where you're operating in a country, you're carrying on a business in a country, mm. you've got activities in a country, um, you generate income, you might pay some tax in a country, and transfer pricing is about how much income you should generate in that country and then how much tax, mm. therefore, should be paid in relation to those activities. And the arbitrage comes in because you can move activities around you can move intellectual property around, arguably, you can charge for services or activities. So mm. the theory is, again, that there's a bit of, uh, I suppose, art around how transfer pricing is managed. Um, but in my experience, multinationals don't use transfer pricing in an, um, in an arbitrage way. It's really more about complying with the transfer pricing rules and getting on with business because that's mm. what their focus is. And you've been doing this quite a while, I believe. I have um, close to 25 years. Yeah. Mm. And what I've been noticing is as we get more into really a, a good versus bad debate in politics over the last 10 years, and now it's sort of heading towards a class warfare kind of thing, the individual versus the multinational. How do you feel multinationals are being treated? And is that really because they've so they're sort of moving away from an effective social license to operate. Is it worthy that they're having that restriction taken away from them? Or is there a general misunderstanding because of the way the media is soundbiting things? I think a lot of it's the latter. I think a lot of it's politics mm. as well. I think a lot of it's driven by, um, you know, the global economy and the state of the global economy. And there's only so much profit. There's only so much tax that's collected. So everybody mm. wants a piece of that pie. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people would say that the, the multinational bashing is unfair um, and they don't really deserve it. Mm. There's a small minority that push the envelope. Um, but the vast number of multinationals do the right thing mm. and tax is a cost after all. So, you know, you should be able to manage your, your costs to an extent that you can keep them as low as you can legally. Mm. And in my experience, that's what m most multinationals do. So there's no question that the media beat it up and mm. the media, um, are pushing that sort of moral, you know, moral debate. Mm. And so it's not a question of how much multinationals should be paying according to the law, but, you know, some would say it's a question of how much multinationals should pay according to their moral, you know, mm. um, framework, and that's just not how tax works or should work. Mm. So tax shouldn't work on the basis that people can add more into the society if they want it to, or do you mean as in it shouldn't be legislated that way? I don't think that um, companies or individuals should be judged on um, morally how much they should pay. Mm. Um, you know, if you're a wealthy individual, does that mean you should pay 
um, multiples higher than you know somebody else in terms of the amount of tax. Mm. Same with a, a multinational. Um, so I don't think that the moral debate is entirely fair. I think that there's a lot of good corporate governance that multinationals mm. um, invest in. I think a lot of multinationals contribute to the community. They employ people. Um, you know, there's a lot of good things that multinationals do. So just focusing in on that moral debate around how much corporate income tax is paid mm. is very, very narrow, and I do think it is unfair. Mm. And, I mean, my exposure to the essentially the lack of director liability laws in Australia in relation to the governance, uh, the intensive requirement for governance, for risk avoidance that is put on Australian directors, to me, means that they wouldn't be doing anything that's relatively obscure because of the, the essential liability that rests on their head. Well, I think generally it's not deliberate or intentional. Mm. I think there's a difference between, you know, tax avoidance, tax minimisation and tax evasion. Mm. Um, so I think that, you know, it, it would be very rare that you would find, um, you know, big multinationals deliberately trying to minimise or avoid tax in an mm. in illegal way. Um, I think often it's the case that it's unintentional. Um, in smaller businesses, it's in relation to lack of understanding, lack of appreciation, um, not understanding what the obligations are. Mm. Uh, most most taxpayers want to to have a decent level of compliance, mm. but the tax laws are fairly complex, so yeah. it's not always that easy. Yeah, I was quite excited to see the uh, exchange of information laws that were being put through, or at least proposed in the budget in relation to. I think it was, believe, the Panama Papers about mm -hmm. four and a half years ago in relation to Cayman Island tax havens and things. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I know. With a single rate, single payer payroll system, the ATO is bringing in and things. It's simply a matter of time until all data is accessible. So it seems like, you know, change might be slow, mm -hmm. though we're getting access to more and more. Well, there's been a lot of exchange of information um, between tax authorities for many years, mm. many, many years. It's not new. Um, but what we're seeing now with country-by-country country reporting, which is a transparency measure with the, the largest multinationals, uh, you have to be very large to be within that system, mm. but um, there's a lot of data being collected from companies, there's a lot of data being collected in all different ways, as you say, mm. and a lot of the tax authorities, particularly you know, authorities as sophisticated as Australia, are collecting the data, they're analysing the data, and they're using that information to risk assess mm. um, companies and taxpayers so that they can go after the ones that they think are high risk. Now that's sensible, mm. you know, to actually risk assess and decide, let's look at that you know, top echelon of companies that might be pushing the envelope. That doesn't mean looking at all companies. Mm. So actually also utilising the tax authorities' resources in a more constructive way where they're going to get, you know, proper return on their dollar as mm. well. So data data sharing, data analytics, you know, they say um, data is the new uh, oil, mm. um, but, you know, is that the case? But, you know, you'd have to expect with the technologies that we have, mm. um, there'll be a lot of analytical uh, work that's being done behind the scenes which will be very useful for all tax authorities. Mm. And you need people who can run the oil rig and you need people who can transfer the, the oil that comes out of the ground into something usable for the organisation or for the community. That's right, you do. And we are here on the eve of the federal budget. <laughs> so what's your take on the election that's coming up? What's your take on the budget? Have you got a takeaway about it or a feeling? We listened to one speaker who has you know, made a career out of being a headhunter for people doing the wrong thing and then two gentlemen who were, you know, very well versed in the, the in the tax system, your partners at the BDO. Um, what's your feel on the current state of things? 
Um, well, I actually think that probably what Shorten has to say is a little bit more interesting what the mm. current government has to say. So it's an election budget mm. um, and the opposition's response is an election response, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? So I think what Shorten has to say is going to be interesting with negative gearing, with um, you know, minimising deductions or allowing deductions for individuals who are, you know, um, obtaining tax advice. There's a lot of stuff in the Shorten um, response that it's kind of hard to understand and mm. comprehend. I mean, my focus is with multinationals and transfer pricing. Um, the government has um, announced continued funding to continue some of their programs where they're going to continue to review multinationals and, you know, um, wealthy individuals and private family groups. So that's, you know, the last four years, it's going to continue for another few years. Mm. And I think that, you know, we're expecting that that will continue under with the opposition as well. So that's here to stay. So it looks like the ATO's found out how to do things. That was really interesting to me to hear that they, uh, now that they've had such success in court over the past few years, now they're getting more and more people simply to settle with them because they're like, well, we could run you through the court system. And they go, yeah, and you're going to lose. So it's powerful. There's a lot of confidence because the tax office, as you rightly point out, has had some wins in mm. recent years. Um, there's a lot of confidence that the tax office has. And um, I think that taxpayers feel that mm. um, you feel that in discussions with the tax authority that you know they they've, they've, they feel the power mm. um, you know is that a good thing no I don't think it is a good thing mm. but it's it's where we are now um, and I think that you know some taxpayers will push back but you know at the end of the day you're talking about transfer pricing for example mm. it's complex it's subjective it's unclear um, there's a lot of commercially sensitive information that's involved in, you know, in dealing with some of these issues. So going to court is not usually the first preference mm. that, you know, most taxpayers, most corporates have. So um, that forces them into that position of having to negotiate and settle and resolve a dispute, you know, in a way other than going to court. Mm. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you.